Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we talk about life after death and answer the meaningful questions around that subject. I'm pretty excited. It's a new show. It's February 2016, and we got some new things for you. I think you're going to be excited about as well. Today's episode is sponsored by my very own Best Psychic Directory. Best Psychic Directory is at bestpsychicdirectory.com, of course. This is where you can find over 800 psychics, mediums, animal communicators, tarot readers, energy healers, and the like, all in one place. They've all been screened and approved by me, and you can even read public reviews about them. You can schedule the reading, or you can get an instant reading right there at bestpsychicdirectory.com. Today's episode is podcast only. In other words, it's audio only. And what we're doing is featuring some of my wife's beautiful photography for you to look at if you're actually looking at the video on Afterlife TV or YouTube. And in the future, you know, I hope to be able to feature some other photographers, other artists who, you know, I'll have the opportunity to present their work to a larger audience so that people can look at them while they're listening to the show and i'm pretty excited about the show you know i know a lot of people don't like change this is change and who knows where it's really going i love the idea that we are always always you know progressing we're growing and and if we don't allow change then we we stunt that growth and so i'm trying to honor my own creativity and inspiration and desires uh, and also serve as an example to you that it's okay to change. It's okay to do different things. Sometimes you end up right where you started. You never know. But for right now, this is something that my heart wanted to do. There's a lot of reasons for it uh, that I will share with you, you know, right now, which is basically it's to me, it's a more intimate forum where you and I get to talk a little bit more about the things that I want to share with you. When I'm having guests on all the time, it's always about the guest. And I knew that when I came out with my book, Answers About the Afterlife, that that was going to change. I resisted it because we all re resist change. And I resisted it myself last year when uh, I had got back from doing a bunch of interviews on other people's shows and I came back and I kind of came back, you know, all excited to do a whole bunch of new interviews, which we did. And I quickly learned that that is not what makes my heart sing. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do interviews anymore. It just means that I didn't want that to be the focus of my show here on Afterlife TV. I wanted to be more creative with it and be able to do new things. And so, you know, every show might be a little bit different because I'm growing, uh, I'm changing, I'm testing new things. Uh, I certainly love your feedback. You know, if you don't like it, 
eh, you don't have to tell me uh, because, you know, we get that anyways. You know, ever since 2011, there's always the haters out there that don't seem to like anything. And I've sort of become immune to those things, those comments, those nasty comments, you know, that we hear about. Yeah, I'm not the only one. Everybody gets them. If you put yourself out there in the world on YouTube or out on a podcast, you get them. Uh, even on Facebook, certainly, you're going to get that sort of a thing. And I think for everybody, we become immune to it after a while. That's a good thing. Uh, we want to focus more on the people that we're serving, the people that we're helping, the people that are resonating with our message, because those are the people that matter. So what I'd like to know is what you do like. If you tell me what you like, then I'm more likely to pay attention to it and, and, and then do more of that. You know, it's funny, the universe works that way as well. I don't know how many people realize it. When we express gratitude, you can do it to God, you can do it to your spirit guides, you know, you can do it to your higher self, what I would call our soul. Express gratitude for the things that you love in your life the universe then, I call it the universe sometimes, responds accordingly. It's our way of saying, this is what I love in my life and I'd like more of it. And, and that's certainly the way uh, creative intelligence accepts it and takes it on. What we focus upon expands. Now, if we focus upon the negative things in our lives, then, well, that's going to expand as well. We get more of that. We're putting out that kind of vibe. When I say vibe, vibration, frequency, we're putting that out. And the universe only knows to give us back what it, what it is that we're resonating with. And if we're resonating, meaning we're focused on the negative things, we get more of it. If we're focused on the things that we have gratitude for in our lives, the things that make us feel blessed and you know, the things that we want more of, then we're going to get more of that. So this is what I ask when it comes to the show. Tell me what it is that you like about the show. We're going to try different things. Tell me what, you know, was exciting to you, what you benefited from, something that you enjoyed even. So appreciation, compliments, gratitude. These are all powerful forces in our life. And it's good to remind ourselves about that every now and again. Okay, now on to the show. Paul Selig was a guest in January of 2014. He, he's a brilliant man, although he doesn't take credit for the wisdom he puts out into the world. He gives credit to his guides, whom he channels. Uh, he is a channel... He's um, the first channel uh, that I ever had on Afterlife TV. And, you know, if you want to think of a channel as, um, let's just say, if a psychic, you know, communicates with your energy, your aura, even the universe uh, to give you information from there, a medium communicates with your loved ones in spirit, and a channel communicates with really like higher level uh, spirits, masters, some might call them ascended masters, but sometimes they communicate with 
maybe just one. Sometimes they communicate with a group entity that, uh, but it's all for the purpose of uh, conveying wisdom. It's about wisdom to me, as far as I'm concerned, channels convey wisdom about life um, and life after death. And that's one of the great benefits that they give us. Well, uh, Paul Selig is a channel. He's also an empath. And I'll talk about that in a moment, you know, what what that's all about. Uh, Last year, I attended one of his workshops related to his new book here. And it was an exciting experience for me. I, I highly recommend it because uh, it's, not, it's unlike any kind of workshop that I, again, have ever been to. Now, I'm not uh, one who's been following channels for a long time. And so going to uh, a workshop where a channel is, is offering it was something that was unique and thrilling to me. Uh, I loved that the idea that uh, that Paul shares with everybody when he's when he's channeling he channel he's, he calls them his guides he channels his guides uh, and he's portraying this wisdom to us he believes and I believe too and I know a lot of his the people who follow him believe that the the words, all words, now this isn't just the words from his guides, but all words have a certain vibration to them. They carry energy and they stay at a certain frequency. Well, when we read those words, which is what a lot of people will talk about, if you read the reviews about any of Paul Selig's books on Amazon, you'll talk about how people feel as though they've been changed positively after reading his books, but also when you're at his workshops, now you're not reading them, you're actually hearing them. And, and so not only do the words have vibrations, but the words coming through Paul have a vibration of their own, just as you hear my voice now, my voice has a certain vibration, a certain frequency that is resonating, and, and, and it resonates the message that, in this case, Paul's guides are communicating to you. And it's, it's an amazing thing in that way when you really think about when you go to see a channel in that way. Now, we're doing this all the time. Uh, what's wonderful about, you know, going to a workshop like this is they're, they're presenting, you know, positive, life-changing insight uh, as opposed to, let's say, the opposite of that, which would be watching television and uh, learning about everything that's wrong in the world and spreading fearful messages. I mean, those are the majority of the news these days. And, and so the contrast between those two is amazing. Well, I went there and, you know, one of the things that Paul does is he, he walks up to each person while he's channeling and he does, these are my words. I'm not positive that his words, he does an attunement where he actually looks into each, um, each, each person's eyes and there's an exchange that goes uh, back and forth. His guides through him will say something, say in this case, they said something to me, I said something back. And so there's an exchange that takes place. One of the coolest things that happened 
uh, this particular day, this was just last summer, when I went to this workshop, was I didn't realize it because I hadn't really been paying attention to Paul's eyes, except while we were having this exchange. He's looking at me, we're face to face, and I'm looking at his eyes, and, he, and his eyes were light blue, and it wasn't until he stopped channeling him, he was back, that he happened to mention that sometimes his eyes change color while he's doing that. Now, I don't think it happens all the time, but it happened this particular day. I actually walked up to look at his eyes again because, it, well, you know me. Uh, you know, I have a certain amount of skepticism until I see something for myself or experience it for myself. And sure enough, his eyes were a different color. And I was blown away by it. Well, it was cool. And to me, it was, you know, evidence that, well, something was happening. You, you know, you can interpret whatever that is, but something's happening. And I left, certainly left that workshop feeling better um, and feeling, though, at, as though my life had changed in some way. And I know that uh, uh, most every workshop attendee feels the same. And, and the same thing happens with his books. Now, uh, the other thing that I want to mention to you is that I got a reading with Paul last summer. Now, one of the things that was cool about the workshop, now he told me he doesn't do this all the time, but he happened to do it this day, is he actually did some empathic readings. And when he does the empathic readings, wow, talk about unusual. So he connects with the person he's giving the reading to in a way that he almost... I don't want to say he enters your body because that sounds, you know, alien or something. That sounds scary. He doesn't enter your body. He takes on your energy. So it's really more about that. He takes on your energy in such a way, but you watch him and his whole body demeanor, you know, and his facial muscles expression change to take on almost a very likable image of the person that he's giving the reading to or for. And he did this with a few people, so I saw it more than once. I also saw him do it on TV once, uh, and and it was the same. You know, it's, it's better when you're in person, right? Uh, you see it on TV. I don't know. We're just so used to seeing fantasy things on TV. You can't hardly believe it. Uh, and... He takes the essence of who that person is and he mirrors it back to you. Now, this is this is what's happening every single day to us with our friends and our family members. And people are mirroring things back to us. But but this is like, wow, that's that's me. Like, I I know <laughs> I know I, I just heard, you know, in this case, I was getting the reading when I was getting a reading with him. I was over the phone, but I could hear, I could hear he just took on my personality. When I was in the room watching him do it with other people, he, not only could I hear it, but I could see it. His whole, his body and facial expressions changed to equal that of the, the people. And he really got to the core of what it was that they not only were experiencing in their life, but what they needed and that was extremely helpful to me. I knew that I was going through some changes last summer. This show is sort of a result of those changes. And he took on my personality and was able to mirror back 
what I was feeling at my core, what the core issues were that I was going through. And then in communication with his guides and my spirit guides, they were able to advise me on how to make those changes. If I were to say that this is one of the most phenomenal and enthusiastically unique readings of my lifetime, I'm still, uh, I'm still not giving enough credit to it. Paul is very unique in the way that he gives readings. I've had a lot of readings from hundreds of people, psychics, mediums, um, and this was extremely unique. And I think that if you enjoy getting readings, then this would be a great way for you to do it. I highly recommend the experience. And he, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, as I'm speaking, I'm trying to decide whether, you know, does this work for skeptics? I don't know. I don't know that this is such a great thing if you're looking for evidence to prove what he's doing is really what he's doing. I think this is more of an advanced level type of reading, uh, so if you're sort of at that skeptical place, you know, I wouldn't recommend to you that you call Paul. Uh, you need someone who's, you know, going to give you some hard evidence. This is the kind of reading for somebody who's sort of already been through it. You're looking for what's next. What's the next level? I'm not so much trying to prove whether this guy is real or not. I'm trying to actually make some changes in my life. I actually am trying to grasp hold of what is holding me back and and how I can move forward to get to to a new place the place that I want to go and and you know ultimately it's about doing what our soul intended to do here and I think this is what happens you know just this is me talking but from my own experience in my own life I have seen myself get stuck every once in a while. And when I get stuck, it's because my soul wants to move a certain way and my free will is, is preventing that from happening. And the, the recognition of it is really what the, is what the problem is. I don't see it. I'm not, I don't have that kind of awareness at, during those times in my life. And so then I get a reading from Paul last summer and he clears it all up. Now I have this new awareness and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That, oh, you know, that's it. Oh my God, that's great. Now I can't say that, you know, I didn't make changes instantly. Um, I never expected to. Uh, the changes for me take place slowly, but I, that reading has been in the back of my mind while I re-navigate my life over the, over the coming weeks and months after that reading. That's what happened. So anyhow, if you look in the show notes, you'll see, you'll see how you can get a reading with Paul. Uh, just so you know, usually when I talk about these things on Afterlife TV, they get booked up very quickly. So I wouldn't procrastinate too much if it's something that sounds really good to you. I would definitely... Uh, check it out uh, and and have the experience. So uh, there's that, okay? I just wanted to share that with you because I'm still excited about it, and that was what, last summer.
All right, so now uh, I want to just talk about Paul's book. Uh, Paul was kind enough to uh, tell us what his book is about, so I could share that with you. Uh, the title of the book is The Book of Mastery, The Mastery Trilogy, Book One. So uh, here's what Paul had to say about his book. Hi, Bob. Thanks for asking me to speak about the Book of Mastery. You know, I'm really not the author of my books. The Book of Mastery is the fourth channel book that I brought through. Um, my guides are actually dictating the books through me. And the published books are really the transcriptions of the verbal dictations of uh, channeling sessions that in this case with Book of Mastery took place over the course of about 30 days of sessions spread out over several months. So the guides that I work with are teachers and they're here to support us in reclaiming the truth of who and what we really are and they're saying that who and what we really are is far greater than what we believed ourselves to be. And the books themselves are energetic transmissions that are working directly on the readers. So it's interesting. If you go to Amazon and you read the reviews, you'll see people saying things like, I'm reading the book and my body is vibrating. I'm reading the book and I'm seeing auras. And what the guide said would happen in these transmissions is that the physical text would provide, you know, the written words on the page, which allow for context for their teachings, but that the real book is the energy that informs them. So the books themselves are, are really these living transmissions that are here to support us each in awakening to our own divine nature. So, you know, what I think is interesting about this whole series, and the Book of Mastery is the fourth book now, is that they're really taking us through a process of reclamation and reclaiming our inherent divinity so that we can really have a whole other relationship with ourselves and our world and, and what we see before us. The guides are saying now that we're actually not operating independently from our landscape, that we're really not separate from it, but that if we can perceive something, we're in relationship to it. And the energy that we bring to whatever we see is actually supporting it in holding its current physical form and manifestation. And they say that there are collective structures that we're all agreeing to, and we're only agreeing to all of these structures because we've inherited them, you know. They say if you look around the room, everything in the room has a name that you know because somebody who came before you decided it. And that the name that you go by is the name most likely that your parents gave you, but that who you really are is something far greater. And as you realize who you are in the higher way, how you begin to see the world is transformed, and your ability to perceive the world in a higher way actually supports the world in its own transformation. So I've been doing this work now for, for many years, only publicly, really since about 2010, when uh, the guide's first book, I Am the Word, was published. You know, prior to this, I was a, a, college, a college teacher. I taught at NYU for, for 25 years and ran a graduate program at a small college in Vermont. And 
I was doing this work rather quietly um, because I was fascinated by it. And once the guides started dictating texts, the work became known. But you know, the guides are teachers and their classroom seems to be the world. And the way that they're working with us is in co-resonance because they say, as each one of us wakes up to the truth of who and what we truly are and who and what would be an aspect of the creator in physical form here and now, as each one of us wakes up to that potential, we're actually supporting everybody else and waking up to it as well. And the Book of Mastery is really the first text, I think, where they're beginning to address how we're interacting with physical form and manifestation. One of the claims they've made in, in, in their books, I know who I am, I know what I am, I know how I serve, which is really an affirmation. I know who I am as an aspect of the divine, what I am in form as an aspect of the creator and how I serve, the guides would say, how each of us serves is how we're most fully realized as our divine self, um, is now being really focused on, on the what. And the next book in the series that I think they're, they're supposed to begin dictation on shortly is really going to be focusing on our beings, our physical form and our relationship to the world we live in. The guides say in the Book of Mastery that, you know, you can't be a master and a victim at the same time. And that as the master, you're really you know, in awareness of who and what you are as an aspect of God, as the divine self, in all aspects of your life. And that's the promise that they're giving us. So, you know, when people say, what will I get from, from reading these books, when that question is asked, the books are working with the reader at the level of consciousness that they come to. In the first third of the book, the guides say that they're bringing everybody up to speed um, so they can that they can take us on this journey up the mountain, which is the metaphor for the book, that we're going up the mountain of consciousness. But they say they're teaching in a one-room schoolhouse and that, you know, all of us who are there for the teaching will be taught, will be instructed at the level that we can agree to or comprehend or allow. And at that level, we're all going to have an experience with it. So that's my, my brief introduction to the Book of Mastery and the work that I've been doing. And I just want to say to you, Bob, thank you for, for sharing it. One of the things I'm excited about doing is hearing some of your stories your afterlife-related stories. I know some of you have had, many of you have had near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, you've seen spirits, you know, all kinds of after-death after communications. And I, I want to hear about them. And I, wanna, I want you to be able to share them with the Afterlife TV audience. And I'm going to tell you how to do that in a moment. But first, let's just hear one from an audience member her name's Jennifer. Uh, let's hear from Jennifer. This is Jen, and a few months ago, I had my first OBE, or out-of-body experience. I think I had a few almost out-of-body experiences before this one, 
It started about a year ago, and I was sick with the flu, so I was doing a lot of sleeping, but not really deep sleep, more that kind of fitful, uh, half-awake, half-asleep mode. I was pretty sick for about a week, and on several occasions while I was uh, starting to fall asleep, I heard what I would describe as a whooshing sound and a feeling like I was going to disconnect from my body, like I just felt like I was about to go somewhere. It was scary to me, so I immediately woke myself up each time this happened, even though I was kind of half awake, half asleep. Then I actually started thinking that it might be an out-of-body experience, which I always thought would be cool. So I told myself the next time it happened, I would just go with it. So fast forward to a few months ago, and I was taking a nap on the couch. And when I nap, I tend to never really fall asleep. So uh, when I started hearing the whooshing sound, I consciously thought to myself, just let it happen. So I suddenly felt myself disconnect from my body, and it's a little hard to describe, but um, if you're someone who meditates, it's similar to the feeling where you lose awareness of your physical body. Um, but in this case, when you meditate, it usually happens uh, you know, a little at a time, whereas this was kind of instantaneous, almost like a, a cork coming out of a bottle, just a pop. And then I started just feeling like I was floating. And it was really peaceful feeling, um, especially for me because I uh, have anxiety and I often feel physical pain all over my body from muscle tension. So to be free of that was, was nice. I also remember hearing tinkling sounds, um, kind of like chimes. It's a little hard to describe. It, it sounded like it was music, but it was not music I'd ever heard of before. And if I were to describe it, it's... Like what I'm visualizing when I hear it is almost like if you're in some kind of crystal cave, what that might sound like. So it was this really beautiful sound. It just was nothing I'd ever heard of before. And that was kind of in the background the whole time. And I actually remember thinking, like, I don't think I left any music on, but it was nothing I had heard of before. But I was still aware of other sounds in the background from my house. So anyway, so I heard the music. And then I also had a sense of a presence there, but I couldn't tell you what it was. It I didn't necessarily feel like a person or a thing, and it, and it wasn't scary. I guess it was just kind of that feeling, how you feel if when you know someone's behind you, even though you can't see behind you, you just kind of have this feeling that someone else is there. So um, I didn't really think too much about it because this was the first time this has happened to me, and I was just kind of overwhelmed by everything. So I was... I was floating, and I remember being afraid to open my eyes, both because I was afraid it would end, and I was also afraid that I would open my eyes, see my body on the couch, and freak out. So, But I did have an awareness that I was floating in a certain direction, and I was headed towards my dining room. And when I got to a wall, I could actually feel myself move through it. It felt really like dense and thick and I remember thinking about it later, it reminded me of the movie Ghost. And if you remember that movie, there was a scene where he actually moves through the walls and you, you know, you, you kind of see like the material of the walls. That was kind of what I was seeing in my mind's eye, even though I hadn't, didn't have my eyes open, but it was just that feeling of thickness. I knew I was going through something. So I remember thinking that was a little weird and I could still hear my breathing, which was comforting to me at the time. So I knew I was still having an out-of-body experience and not a near-death experience. So that was um, reassuring. Um, but then I remember just kind of starting to worry about 
moving outside and where I would go. So I decided I wanted it to end. So I consciously moved back into my body and slowly opened my eyes. But I remember taking a few seconds to actually feel my body. It's kind of like it took a while for my physical body to wake up from it. So that's my story. I'm hoping that this might happen again and I won't be as worried or scared um, and it'll be a more in-depth experience. I think I just need to work on letting go of any fear uh, I have about losing control because I do think that's what stops so many of us of having these cool experiences is just that fear of losing control. So that's it. Thank you. One of the things I'm going to do in this show, uh, and and you guys let me know how much you like this idea. I, I'm I'm sure you will. I want to start answering your questions that you have about life after death. Now I have my book out there. Uh, the book is titled "Answers About the Afterlife." Subtitle is "A Private Investigator's 15-Year Research Unlocks the Mysteries of Life After Death." The best place to get it is on Amazon at a discounted price. So you really can't beat that. But even though Answers About the Afterlife has 150 questions, and there's questions within those questions, so there's even more than that. But it ans- it, it, that, it's a question and answer format. So I give the question, and then I give the answer. Those are separated up into 10 different sections. I call them parts in the book. And so they're sort of categorized within groups. And then uh, within there, I, I do this question and answer format. Well, some people will read the book and, and they'll still have questions and they're, they're unable to read them. And, and so for that reason, I'd like to sort of do this Q&A for you out there. So I'm going to be taking questions from you. I'm going to give you an example of of how that works in in a little bit but one of the other things i want to do is in in every episode i'd love to just read one of the questions and answers from my book Uh, today i'd like to answer the question who will greet me in the spirit world when i die because a lot of people have this question and so uh i'd like to answer it uh here on the show so who will greet me in the spirit world when i die all your deceased loved ones will greet you when you die, especially those you love and trust the most. For one, they want you to know that you're safe. They don't want you to feel any fear while your conscious mind shifts back from physical life to spiritual knowing. But fear is of no real concern since feeling safe happens inevitably because the light of the afterlife blankets you with the most intense feelings of security, love, warmth, and joy. As you transition from the physical back to the spiritual, which all happens very naturally and automatically with no effort on your part, the closer you progress to the light, the more powerful these feelings will get. According to people in spirit who have communicated with mediums, your closest relationships from this lifetime will be waiting for you first. If this is a parent, a grandparent, sibling, spouse, or best friend, they'll be there. 
There's no single protocol. So you might initially see just one loved one and the others will follow, which is very common. Or you might be greeted by two or five people in spirit with many others to follow. Many people in spirit, as well as those who have had near-death experiences, have described being greeted by loved ones in spirit initially, yet also knowing that others were waiting their turn to say hello just beyond them. Some who have had near-death experiences have explained that they could feel the strong energy of these spirits in the background like a wave of love encircling them. Your pets in the spirit world will also greet you. They too are anxious to see you again. And this is true for any animal you have loved, cats, dogs, horses, goats, bunnies, hamsters, birds, etc. You'll also be greeted by any person who has played a significant and loving role in your life, be it a teacher, mentor, or boss. Schoolmates and coworkers might also arrive to your homecoming celebration, waiting, of course, until you have seen your closest loved ones first. Basically, everyone you've loved who died before you is excited to reunite with you again, so there is no one who you want to see who won't be there. On the other hand, this is your celebration. You don't need to worry that anyone whom you don't want to be there will arrive. Your wishes are respected and honored here in the spirit world. You don't even have to tell anyone your wishes because everyone can read your thoughts. Plus, they already know who you don't want at your party because they know you better than you could imagine. They've been reading your thoughts for your entire life. Your spirit guides, those spirits who guided you throughout your entire life, will also be there to greet you. Although you might not realize it now, you and your guides have a very special relationship. Before you left the spirit world to be born, you personally chose your guides, trusting them to take the utmost care of you from the spiritual realm. So your spiritual guides are like dear friends who you literally trust with your life. And because you knew them before you were born, you will recognize them at your reunion. So that's the answer to that question in a moment. And we're going to teach you how you can ask a question yourself. Okay, I've been promising that I would teach you how you can leave your question or story for the show. It's pretty simple. Uh, You just go to afterlifetv.com slash question, just question, no S at the end, or afterlifetv.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y. If you have a story to share with everyone, all the instructions will be right there on those pages for you. And of course, we're not going to be able to choose every question and story, but just because if you leave one and we don't happen to do it in the next episode doesn't mean we're not going to do it. Uh, It just means maybe we're going to do it in a future episode. So that's how you leave your question or story. Now uh, we have a question this week from Tasha. Uh, Here's Tasha's question. Hi, Bob. Thanks for allowing me to leave a question today. My question is, I've had 
many dreams where loved ones, I have two cats and um, my dad passed and they've come to me in dreams. And how do I know the difference between just a regular dream and the possibility of a dream visitation? Thank you. Hi, Tasha. Thank you so much for leaving that question. It's a great question, one that so many, I mean, thousands or hundreds of thousands of people have these dreams. We call them a dream visitation. And they wonder, was that real? Uh, Was that me just dreaming? Was that wishful thinking? What was that? It's pretty simple to tell the difference. What I can tell you is that a real dream visitation is very vivid. It feels like you're really in the presence of your loved one. And yes, it can be a pet as well. It doesn't have to be a human being. It can be a pet. Anything with a soul can come through and communicate with you in this way. So it's like a reunion. One of the things you're going to recognize when you actually have a dream visitation, and, and it's, I, I suspect this is what you've already had, is you feel this heightened sense of emotion you know, due to this reunion. Whereas most dreams are kind of disjointed and you know, filled with fantasy. We all know that one. You know, we're swimming in the ocean and the next thing we're riding on a horse or then we're in an airplane. You know, crazy stuff like that, right? These are pretty straightforward and easy to follow. So it's not something that would be crazy like that. You would actually feel like you're in the presence of your loved one as if you guys were in a room together. It doesn't have to be the room that you're sleeping in. And what what's, you're going to recognize is that you'll remember the details of your dream visitation with great clarity many years later. I've had many people tell me that they had these dream visitations and 20, 30 years later, they could remember it as if it happened the night before. So if you're trying to compare the difference, you know, a regular dream is sort of symbolic or metaphorical many times. And uh, dream visitation is very straightforward and clear. Uh, This is why they come to us in dreams. They find that it's easier to communicate with us when our logical mind is, you know, not so busy. Sometimes you're going to find that when you're with a loved one, that your mouths are moving. Uh, so that doesn't it just if you're if you guys are speaking and you see your your loved one's lips moving, it doesn't mean it's not a dream visitation. It can happen that way. Many times, though, it, you can just be communicating telepathically. And this is what happens with pets. Sometimes they'll communicate with you. Yes, they speak whatever language you speak because it's it is telepathic communication. But Sometimes they're just there. They just you'll just find that you're holding them, you know, they're sitting on your lap like they used to. In some ways it'll feel like memories that you have, but you know that somehow it's different. You really felt like you were in the presence of your pet in that dream. They're also very brief and focused. The reason that most uh people in spirit come through in our dreams is they want us to know that they still exist. They want us to know that they're happy and healthy and at peace and that you don't need to worry about them. Sometimes what will happen is you'll see them in the way that you remember them, especially if when if that vision that you have of them is 
you know, when they were sort of healthy and vibrant. But if your memories are, you know, it's maybe towards the end of their life, maybe when they were sick, and these are the pictures that you have of them, a lot of times they'll come through showing themselves to you at a younger age, more vibrant, very full of life. Their parents will be different than you remember. And that is a memory. It's a gift to you when that happens because that memory is the one that you'll be thinking of now from that point on. Uh, it replaces the memory of when they were you know, sick and perhaps dying if that's the last thing that you remember. So these are all great gifts. Uh, it's a great question, and uh, a lot of people have it, so I'm glad you asked it, Tasha. Thank you so much for asking that question. Last year, we were the proud sponsor of the Afterlife Conference put on by Terry Daniel every year. Uh, this is her sixth year here in 2016. She's doing it in May in St. Louis, and we are a uh, proud sponsor again. So uh, I invited Terry Daniel just to tell us a little bit about the Afterlife Conference coming up this year in St. Louis, May of 2016. Here's Terry. The Afterlife Conference was created in 2010 because more and more authors, spiritual teachers, and researchers were talking about after-death communication, and we needed a forum where we could share this information. The scientific community wouldn't touch that topic, and the major bereavement groups refused to address it, so the answer was to start a conference of our own. It turned out to be a great idea. And now we have this amazing event each year that just keeps getting better and bigger. We are constantly evolving to include new perspectives on death, dying, and beyond. And although we can't be all things for all people, we've done a pretty good job of offering something for everybody without losing sight of our primary focus, which is exploring death and beyond from a metaphysical perspective. One of the greatest compliments we ever had was from a manager at one of the hotels where the conference was held. She said, we have conferences here all the time and the attendees are usually pretty bored and unhappy because they're there for work, they're talking about sales figures and whatnot, but your group is talking about death and that's supposed to be sad and heavy, but you are the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen at a conference. Our attendees really are happy. There's a lot of joy here. There's like-mindedness and camaraderie, but there's also some serious healing going on. As Raymond Moody says about us, the bereaved find peace and healing, the spiritual seekers find validation for their mystical experiences, and the scientists find an eager audience for their work. That is a perfect view of our conference. Some are mystics who want to develop their skills in out-of-body journeying or mediumship. Others are mainstream professionals who work with death and dying. Um, some are um, hospice nurses, grief counselors, doctors, and chaplains. And some are just curious, eager to learn more about what happens after we die. And others come because they are struggling with grief and they're looking for a higher understanding of their losses. We can't be all things for all people, but we've created a community where facing death is safe, nurturing, educational, healing, and fun. So we hope you'll join us. Visit us at afterlifeconference.com. 
So phew, we got through the first episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank our guests, uh, Jen, uh, for telling her story, Tasha for asking her question, Paul uh, for telling us about his new book, and uh, Terry Daniel, you know, for explaining to us about the conference. I appreciate all of them contributing to this first uh, new format show and uh that was very kind of them to do that. I also want you to know that in the future, you're going to be hearing other people's stories. We'll also be getting other questions from the audience. This is this allows you to communicate with me. You know, what is it that you're wondering about? So in the future, we're also going to have new authors and we'll talk about new books, maybe some movies, resources, events, anything that's taking place that uh, I can share with you. I'm happy to do it. And I look forward to doing it. And I thank you for joining me. I, I really do. It's been, it's been fun. It's been a great creative process. And uh, I appreciate you allowing me to express myself in the way that I'm most inspired to do. So thank you. I finally want to thank our sponsor today, which is uh, Best Psychic Directory. It's our directory with over 800 psychics, mediums, tarot readers, animal communicators, energy healers, you name it. 800 of them on bestpsychicdirectory.com. Thank you to Best Psychic Directory for sponsoring us today. All right, everybody. Until next week, be safe, be healthy, be happy. Thanks for listening. That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.